and welcome to the Partner Connection. This is Dell Technologies podcast focused on helping our partners and our listeners learn more about our program, our solutions, our industry best practices, and most importantly, a lot of our partner successes. And I'm Cheryl Cook, and today I'm excited to be joined and welcome one of our partners, Kevin James. Kevin is the Chief Commercial Officer at Computer Center, one of Dell Technologies' Titanium Black partners. Kevin, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Cheryl. Great to see you. Great. Well, see you. Hear you. It's been far, far too long. And wow, what a crazy 14, 16 months it's been for all of us. So just dive right in. Just give us a quick preamble, a little bit about your role at Computer Center, and then we can talk about how you've been navigating the last 14, 16 months. Okay, uh, no problem at all. Computer Center, if you imagine technology systems integrator, we have a technology sourcing product business, we have a managed or contractual services business, and we have a professional services transformation business. I look after the technology sourcing part of the business, so that involves looking after and working with all of our key partners, our key technology partners like Dell, as well as all of the inside sales and export, trade compliance, international deals, that kind of stuff. So that's what I look after for Computer Center. Yeah, so uh, that's what I do. And I'm kind of the exec sponsor as well of the Computer Center Dell relationship. So because uh, we've worked together for such a long time. We sure have. And I'll tell you, we value the partnership immensely. And We've really grown quite a bit together over the years, and all of us have been commenting as we're navigating this crazy backdrop of this global pandemic, and I'm an optimist at heart, and there's silver linings abound, and when you look at some of the results and performance, I want to first of all just congratulate you because you were recently recognized as partner of the year for us, so we appreciate the partnership tremendously. So share with the team just a little bit of your observations on the new challenges and some of the adaptation that you and your team had to respond to clearly in the last 14, 16 months. But the business has been robust. The demand has been incredible. And you've certainly been responding. So just give us your observations. Sure. I think at a wider technology point, I think for us, it was actually, I think, end of April, last time we spoke on one of these. And I actually listened back to that conversation that we had, and it was kind of interesting. You know, there was a lot of trepidation in that conversation. We didn't really know. We kind of started to see a bit of an uptick, and we didn't really know what that looked like or whether that was going to be short-term. And actually, you and I spoke about the fact that we could see a bit of a shift moving that we didn't necessarily see going backwards, but lots of people were talking about it being short-term. It's been interesting for me. I mean, there's lots of technology companies out there and Computer Center have done really well and Dell have done really well. Clearly, none of us would want what's happened to have Mm. happened. But given it has, I think what's interesting is that technology has undoubtedly become part of the solution rather than part of the problem. Um, and And I think that has augured well for all technology companies, actually, and Computer Center no different. In fact, to the point where I think if you're a technology company, and you haven't had a financially performant last 16, 18 months, you probably ought to be looking in the mirror and going, what am I doing wrong? Because mm-hmm. technology is fundamentally part of that. Demand has increased, complexity, desire to move workloads and to provision in the right way, 
The other thing that's been unbelievable for us, and I think for the industry, if you were to have said to CIOs two years ago, the rate of adoption of technology that they've all been striving for for five years. I mean, the end use, I mean, listen to us doing this the way that we're doing it over Zoom. And, mm-hmm. you know, for me, adoption of technology has been the, and that's never going backwards, right? That is never going back to where it was before. It might rebalance. And we've had some situations recently, we tend to use Teams rather than Zoom, but where actually we found that everyone being on Teams as opposed to the people in one office all being in a meeting room and everyone else being in Teams is actually quite problematical. We'll probably, until we can all get together, and we know there are better meetings when you can, we'll probably stick with doing it from our home offices or our offices on Teams, whatever, because it's easier. But adoption of technology has been incredible. We talked actually on the last one of these about the continuity aspect of what was going to be required going forward, and that has been incredible in terms of investing in the infrastructure as well as the client solutions that customers have clearly had to do. And we've had a big part of that, as have you, but it's not just been the front end desktop or laptops and uh, technology. It's really been a myriad of different infrastructures and solutions. And what we found in our services business, our ability to deliver those technology solutions in a different way, in an incredibly dynamic way, has been hugely beneficial. And Yes, we've seen our product businesses rise, but we've seen our services business on the increase as well. It's amazing. And so I go back to no one would ever want this thing to happen again because it's been horrible and we've all lost people. And, you know, so I take no pleasure out of that. But given we are where we are, the resilience and the power of this industry, and we're a big part of that, has been something to behold, I genuinely believe. And I've been really proud to have been involved in some really amazing programs of work that have genuinely made a difference. And that's been pretty exciting. You talk about the rate of adoption. It's really one of prioritization, right? It's pushed the technology-enabled capabilities and solutions to the front of the priority list for everyone because it was a forcing function that we had to, right? <laughs> so it's, it's certainly, to your point, the inspirational work that you're doing, the inspirational solutions that we've been able to see put in motion. But I share your point of view, right? We're not ever going to go backwards. And the pace of change, the pace of the market, the pace of some of these macro trends that we're all living through is also an accelerant. So you've got kind of all these dynamics that are only pointing to we need more technology, not less, and we need it faster. So to your comment on services, so many customers really need your help and support Mm -hmm. on how to navigate, deploy, and put something pretty resilient in place quickly. And they've had to do it at pace and at scale. I mean, you know, I can think of many, many examples, but I think of one in particular here in the UK. I mean, as you know, even though we're a British-owned company, we're a global player in the United States and across the European continent. We were involved in a program which Dell were you know, very much a part of as well, where we got over, over a million laptops to vulnerable and underprivileged kids you know, through the education. Now, interestingly, that is actually part of a program that really they kind of had on the burner for planning for a long term, but they just had to hit the button on it. And being able to be part of that was really quite exceptional. 
you know, that's an investment in resources and assets and facilities that you kind of leverage some of the stuff that we were building anyway. And all of a sudden, it was like an explosion of adoption of all the things we've been investing in for really quite a long period of time. So that was pleasing as well. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, it's just remarkable to see just how resilient everyone has been in shifting and navigating. So share just a little bit about how you and your team adjusted, responded. We all are accustomed to doing in-person sales calls and demand generation marketing activities. We've all learned to do Teams or Zoom or all these virtual alternatives with remarkable efficiency and productivity, right? I mean, in many ways, a lot of us are like, oh, this is a better alternative. We'll continue to do some of this, but share just a little bit from your leadership perspective, how you and the team have adjusted and shifted. Yeah, I like the way the word some, because some of it has been better. This is a people business with partners, with customers. Sure, there are some bits of this that have been amazing. Access to customers, speed and agility of decision-making. But I think some of that has been because everybody's been at home, so no one's visiting, no one's traveling, and therefore everyone's accessible. So I think that's been interesting. Talk about the events and the virtual events, and they're great, but the events are predominantly for me about the networking opportunity to do that. And that's missing for me. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think that, you know, the sooner we can get back to some of these events where we can get together and collaborate, and, you know, I think the better. But I go back to my adoption point, and I think we will learn to use the technology when the technology route is the better route, and it's there. That's the other difference now. So, you know, I have to confess, I think I sat on a call with Billy in about month one or week three, and he quite rightly confessed, and I could have been saying the same myself, I've never really worked from home, right? But I do now, but I had to get myself set up and all those things. So for someone like me, it works, right? But then it's easy for me. And one of the big lessons for me is I've watched my children who are all kind of late 20s and I've seen some of the benefits they've had, but also some of the challenges they've had. And we've replicated some of that. One of the things we learned to do very quickly was because, of course, we're across multiple countries. We took a very high level business driver of what we were trying to achieve from a working practices perspective, but then allowed each country to implement it in a way that fitted within the culture and the laws and the driving it and the current scenario in all of those countries because they've been changing mm-hmm. over eight and knots. So like you, we haven't just dealt with the COVID pandemic situation. I think of some programs of activity we've done and we've done some acquisitions we acquired in the US through that period. We've worked with your team to become a global co-delivery or pro-deploy, whatever side of the Atlantic you're on, but able to work in partnership. That's something we've never done before. And that's got nothing to do with the pandemic. That's just us getting on with the job in hand. One of the things we did do, I found, because obviously I work with a large number of partners, I was able to get some very regular, informal, global meetings together, which happened really regularly. And I just think there's a mindset that says, that's easier to do now, which meant you can have informal discussion without it taking three months to organize any meeting, depending on where in the globe people happen to be. So there's that whole kind of piece. So that's been interesting for me. I said all the way along, and you and I had this conversation before, and I've said this to a number of people, I do think technology is part of the solution, not part of the problem. And I've always said what I've said all the way through about 
technology companies really need to look in the mirror. That said, if your segmentation is to large enterprise customers and your segmentation is public and private sector, generally in a pretty good place, there was a degree of loyalty that's been shown by customers, quite rightly, to partners. So being focused on large enterprise customers and helping them with the challenges and the slightly unusual dynamics that were coming out of this pandemic has been a good place to be for us. So I tell you where we pivoted. We pivoted towards our customers. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's always the best barometer, right? It's the best barometer. It's like just stay externally focused, be responding to your customers' needs, and the rest will sort it out, right? Exactly. Let's talk about what I know we've all seen with all the positiveness around the demand for solutions, security and cybersecurity, and you look at all these ransom attacks and it's a global phenomenon that the bad guys are not slowing down and the bad guys are using this moment when everybody has an endpoint device working remote where a lot of the vulnerabilities lie. So how are you and Computer Center, and what are you hearing from your customers around this, responding to help with the cyber security dynamic? Wow, what a big question. And the answer is a big answer, really. We are seeing that, just like everyone, and we've doubled down in that environment. The biggest problem we have with that from a go-to-market perspective is resource, getting hold yeah. of quality resource because it's at a premium. And that's been a challenge, but there's been a little bit, not so much consolidation, but really a push towards some of the big trusted partners. And I think that we are seeing such a focus on that from every single enterprise customer that it's almost, it's interesting, actually, it's where conversations are often starting. Whereas I think Mm -hmm. previously it was somewhere where we got to, and it is a massive problem. Because it's one of those unusual things for me in the world of IT technology is that it's the one thing you can't outsource. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. You can outsource parts of it, right? You can outtask parts of it. But in the end, the liability is the liability. And it's pretty personal. So a huge focus on it, huge growth in it, bit of a consolidation in terms of some of the partner plays. But by the same token, this almost sounds completely counter to what I just said, also a proliferation of other organizations who think they can help. And it's difficult. All that creates for the customer is a minefield of different threats, but also different solutions. And the interoperability of all those technologies, whether it be at the edge or whether it be in the cloud or whatever, it's just a minefield. And it is something, our business is growing huge double digits in that regard, both in terms of technologies but also in terms of particularly in terms of professional services and gets more software based as well that brings with itself its own challenges well it just lends itself to the strengths of a company like computer center right you have scale you have breadth you have a lot of resource and capabilities and expertise frankly that customers are just looking for a trusted partner to help them navigate one of the things Cheryl, that i've always found about this world is You have this situation where when you talk about consultancy around, you know, what should we do from a security or cyber perspective? There are companies out there that I think are very big consultancy led type companies who have a vested interest in growing that whole kind of threat and putting the threat on the 
see at the board and, and so on. And then there's a whole load of little niche consultancies that have a, one particular dimension of that world of security. For us, what we found is we sit, and we're not alone in that. We've got other Dell partners that do this as well, but we're a kind of a big organization, big enough organization to be across all of those niche players, but can offer the kind of surety around the consulting side as well, but come at it from a technology infrastructure perspective, first and foremost. And that we found has been quite differentiating. It's really an area where you truly have to work in partnership with your customers. You have to. Absolutely. You know, and I know I've heard from several partners that to your point, the conversation starts with a security discussion. And even if you start discussing a security assessment engagement with a customer, it leads to all kinds of infrastructure opportunities <laughs> and solutions that they need to address as well. Absolutely. And whether that's on the edge or in the infrastructure, in the storage, in the cloud, wherever it might be, it often starts there. It always goes there at some point. For sure. <laughs> but for, for obvious sure. reasons. And often, and here's the interesting thing, I think, for our partnership, it's quite interesting that frequently the person leading the security conversation inside the customer is a different individual, you know, almost for governance reasons, right? So you have a chief security officer, whatever it might be, who is in charge of that cyber trust piece, quite often slightly detached from the regular contacts that the people selling infrastructural PCs or whatever it might be into that customer are. And one of the reasons we have found, because of what we do is so encompassing, we have customers out there, major customers, where we've got two, 300 people on the site mm-hmm. delivering service. By definition, our breadth of relationship is so much wider as it tends to encompass that as well. So you can be more comprehensive in your solutioning. And I think sometimes technology companies or people who are selling a specific solution don't tend to be as connected into those individuals that have that very specific security. So that breadth of relationship really comes to the fore for this kind of challenge. Well, and it really speaks to your strengths and candidly the strengths of many of our partners because as technology is more integrated into every aspect of the business. It's not just walled off in the technology department anymore. It's not just the CIO. You've got heads of lines of business continuing to make business decisions. Things are moving to more outcome-oriented discussions. You're already there. You're well-established and really have an intimate understanding of the business needs of the customer. So I think you're well positioned and the future is going to be, continue to be bright. And you add to that, Cheryl. So that's all about cybersecurity trust level. And then kind of closely coupled to that is that whole information layer, you know, the whole GDPR thing, the whole, you mm-hmm. know, that whole data compliance, information compliance. That is kind of interconnected with that security piece as well. And yet again, often either a different part of that silo or a different silo altogether. So. This is a complicated world. And by the way, I'm glad it's a complicated world because that's where we're successful. Absolutely. Well, that's where you bring tremendous value. You can be that trusted partner to help the customers navigate. As you look forward, we've just closed Dell's first half. We're well, you know, starting into our second half. 
What do you see on the horizon? You just see more of the same, not that you have a crystal ball, but when you look at your priorities for your business, do they change? Is it just stay the course? What are you really focused on for the balance of the year? I don't have a crystal ball, clearly. Mm-hmm. We run a calendar year. We've had a very successful year. It's not just that it's been financially successful. And, and that's not just top-line growth either. That's business performance. I think there's lots of reasons why we've been successful, but the market has been strong. But I guess one of the things we are, we're a good aggregator of different opinion across the market because different partners, different types of customers, public, private sector, different countries, different continents. So that gives you a good point of aggregation. And although I don't have a crystal ball, I can't see a reason for it to go backwards in terms Mm. of the growth path. I think one of the things we haven't talked about, which has played a big part in the last six, nine months, 12 months, maybe longer, and will continue for at least another 12 months, is the impact of all of this component shortage problem and all of that, which has been an interesting dynamic. And I'm happy to talk a little bit about that, but you know, you know that as much about that as I do. Right. But the impact of that is, I think, also fueling demand. I mean, I think large customers, A, they tend to get the priority, but also they can be a little bit more forward thinking, they can forward order, they can do some smart stuff to try and drive allocation into them. We have to help them be a bit more fleet of foot about what is available in the market and so on. And they're not just competing. The vendors aren't just competing with other vendors anymore. I mean, you're competing with car manufacturers, you're competing with manufacturers of pretty much everything for raw material and and what have you. So that is, you know, freight is a challenge, as I'm sure I don't need to tell you. Mm -hmm. So we sit right in the middle of that, actually, as you can imagine. And I don't see that changing, but I think that does tend to fuel demand still. So every analyst I talk to, and I don't talk to many, but the ones that I do, you know, we've seen the kind of client business really spike up. Actually, every benchmark or point of reference I take seems to say that no one really sees that going backwards. And we've seen the infrastructure business catch up. We're seeing all of the big manufacturing companies who did really struggle start, you know, they're planning to catch up as well. So I, I remain very bullish and positive about, and then I look at our first half performance and it was strong in pretty much everywhere. So, yeah, we're really pretty bullish about where we're at and what we're doing. And I think. It is about execution as always. It is about you know having the right supply chain. It is about you know it's hard work and I worry about the people and you know there's a lot of talk of the stress of being working right. from home all the time. And I, I have a lot of people who work in you know, transactional operational roles that you know that's hard. They need people around them. We're in this unusual setting at a time when the business has never been busier, right? So we're all busy, we're all working crazy hard. And I share your kind of outlook, you know, and I think it's as much the world just needs more technology, not less. And you're incredibly well positioned. And we so value the partnership with the wonderful work you're doing. So as we wrap up and in summary, I always try and get a little glimpse and maybe share a little fun fact. This is where I worry about you, Cheryl. (laughs) I'm always coming back. So go on. (laughs) What's a little fun fact about Kevin that wouldn't be on your resume or CV, wouldn't be something we or your colleagues might know? What's a fun fact? Fun fact. The trouble is, Cheryl, I've been in this business for about 150 years. So uh, (laughs) everyone who's listened to this, anyone who knows me knows everything about me. But I am supremely tempted, actually, 
to go to, especially for those listening from uh, the US side, is to say, well, have you never seen the King of Queens or Hitch or the Malcop or Zookeeper? And the main guy in that is a guy called Kevin James. Oh, fantastic. I can't believe you haven't seen these films. And But unfortunately, that's not me. That's a Hollywood actor called Kevin James. So <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't really use that. Uh, so... Here's the thing. Those of you who do know me would know I'm an exceptionally keen but not very talented golfer. And here's the really, this is a bit, this is more of a confession than a, uh, than something that you don't know about me. I, my wife is now better at golf than I am. She has a lower handicap and she scores more <laughs> than ones than I have. And actually, that's just, that's just something I've got to address. Well, now you have goals. That's just a goal <laughs> yeah, you can exactly. continue to work towards. That's lower yeah, the your question is, do, do I work towards it by making her game worse or mine better? That's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Kevin, it's always a delight. Thank you so much for taking the time with us. And I miss seeing your face. I can't wait till we can get back together in person again soon. Congratulations on the recognition for Partner of the Year with Computer Center, but thanks so much for joining us. Hey, Cheryl, thank you so much. Yeah, it is such an important partnership for us. I see it, nothing but going forward, but it's more than that. The partnership is great. The work we've done together on the service stuff has been great, but most importantly, most importantly, across in the US and you know, with the new acquisition we made of Pivot and building that into one and the stuff that we do in EMEA around growth in all the countries and the intimate relationships here. I go back to Computer Center is about our area of specialty isn't a technology, it's the customer. Dell's specialty is technology when ours is the customer. And when you leverage that specialty of our customer depth and intimacy, then we're really successful together. Well, Kevin, thanks again for taking the time to speak with us. And I know our listeners enjoyed it. And if you're enjoying these podcasts, please subscribe, rate, review, and give us feedback and join us in a couple weeks for our next episode of the Partner Connection. Until then, please be safe and stay well. <laughs>